0: Welcome to the Fantasy Alarm PGA DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Alexander. We are back. It's U.S. Open Week. Joining me, Mr. Donald Remington. Rem, we've got the uh, the rare fall U.S. Open here, thanks to the world shutting down. Uh, the, the PGA Championship for 2019 has been awarded, and um, or I guess I should say Tour Championship, uh, that all confuses the hell out of me. But anyway, yeah, it's technically the new season, and... Uh, it's a U.S. Open.
1: Yes, uh, by golf standard, by golf standards, I guess it's basically tomorrow would be New Year's Eve. It's a new season. It's uh yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's uh the the start of the twenty twenty one twenty 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 one season, and we're kicking it off with the U.S. Open. <laughs> it's a it's a bizarre year, but hey, we waited like six months for some action, and now we have it. And this is going to be another good one, I think.
0: Yeah, just a little-known event uh, to kick off the season, uh, known as the U.S. Open. Um, uh, You know, I'll let you give us some some course takeaways on Wingfoot, the course. uh, But as usual, it's expected to be quite challenging. The USGA sets it up to be very difficult, uh, really long, rough, challenging pin placements you know they they want guys to score positive numbers. They don't want uh more than a handful of people breaking par.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's uh really breaking it down to what it is. It's a US Open course. It's long-time major championship venue on the PJ Tour. Um so some guys will in fact be familiar with it. Um like any course, I'm sure it's gone through some changes, but it's still a par 70. It's still almost 7,500 yards. So, I mean, it's long. Like you said, the rough is going to be extremely long. It's been all over social media. It sounds like they mowed either today or yesterday for the first time in a while. So it was looking better. Um, but they have their ways of mowing and raking mm-hmm. the the rough like just like the way they rake it with like the rakes and like the circular formations that you just drop a ball in it and like if it were you or me playing we just wouldn't find any of our golf balls ever right (laughs) which is going to be interesting with no spectators it's like you're kind of relying on that volunteer in the corner to find your ball most of the time so i wonder it'll be interesting to see if there's any lost balls like that
0: I guess there's um, a, little, you know, I mean, the more eyes, the better. Uh, there's a chance that, I mean, I would assume it's pretty well staffed, but, um, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I've always dreamed of like anyone who has played golf, just like every time you lose a ball and it's not like, it, if there's no water around and there's no, mm-hmm. out of bounds or deep woods around, you're like, this just, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Right. This sucks, and it's like. If I were on the PGA Tour, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not, not, not on the, the worst thing hitting a good <laughs> shot and
0: not finding it. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, anyway, um, it's going to be hopefully a bloodbath. Everyone likes watching a bloodbath, like you said. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be looking at mainly guys who have historically performed well under very tough conditions um, in major championships and other big events. Uh, it's pretty much a full field with your normal cut. So it's it's going to be a tough one to predict, but I think I do like majors because I usually usually the cream rises to the top. It's a uh, you're looking for the guys you know can perform here, unless like you know you rewind a couple weeks ago, it's Colin Morikawa. I guess we should have known that. Um, so you know, I it's it's a good one for both betting and DFS purposes always
0: and and you know with with that bloodbath comes the the stipulation that there's going to be less birdies uh to make up for bogeys and your finishing position for your golfers is going to carry the uh, an increased weight this week. You know, you you can't get the guy that you know goes birdie bogey birdie and everything's fine. He's he's you know one under um that's they're just not going to be there. So um Yeah, some play can't get masked on this kind of setup. Uh, Before we get to the golfers, just want to throw out the uh, PGA DFS playbook from Drew Phelps is available Wednesday mornings. This is definitely not a week you want to miss. Read it cover to cover. Make sure you get all the stats breakdowns from Drew. Um, Always great stuff. Pick some winners in there and gives you a little bit more in-depth stat-wise than we do. All right, let's move into that top tier. Uh, Tour champion Dustin Johnson, John Rahm uh, are in the 11s. Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Xander Schauffele, Colin Morikawa round out the 10s. Uh, You know, my feeling is you definitely want one of these guys. Um, The winner is probably in this group. You know, it's not a given, but... uh, yeah, obviously most of the odds are concentrated up here. Um, you uh, are you paying up for DJ? Are you going in the middle there with Justin Thomas? You got Xander Schauffele and Colin Morikawa lurking down there, saving you a little bit of money, though they'll be more popular. What, what's your take with this with this tier?
1: Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, I guess it's ultimately going to come down to what you want to get in the rest of your lineup, but. If you're numbers guy, it's DJ all the way. Um, obviously, you have to you have to think there's going to be some kind of regression there. He's just on an absolute heater. All heaters come to an end eventually. I would imagine he hasn't been playing a ton of golf since cashing his 15 million dollar check. He made some absurd amount of money. Like it, it was like 18 plus million in like three weeks. I think. It was six weeks since the return of golf. Like, just insane. Like, if I went home as the Tour Champion, as the FedEx Cup Champion, cashed, like, all those checks, I quite honestly would not care about this following U.S. Open. Um, And he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to care too much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, like, if this were, like, Bryson or something, you could probably expect him to be back out on the range the following Monday. Um so I can look past him. I think I think the next four on the list there are interesting. I'll strike out Rory with the new child. Um his kind of lackluster recent play and that narrows us down to Rom, JT and Xander and Morikawa. I think all of these are good options. Uh historically on long difficult courses I would choose Rom. Rom, um, and then I, I kind of got to go with Morikawa now. I think 10 k is a great price for him for what he did in the PGA Championship, which kind of showed us he can play at a difficult course. We know he can kind of adapt to any condition, but probably Rom and Xander is always great here too. Rom, Xander,
0: Morikawa would be my three up here. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing Morikawa is missing that the other guys have in their game is that big driving distance. So that really hasn't. You know, I, I feel like there's been a bunch of spots this year. I'm like, oh, you know, more a cow, but you want a little bit of distance this week, and it just hasn't mattered.
1: Yeah. And it, sometimes, like, I, I don't know if this is actually like a contrarian line of thought here, but on these golf courses, like, sometimes I like when everyone's thinking, like, oh, par four, 7,500 yards, it's going to be like require a lot of distance. Like, yes, it. It will, in fact, require a lot of distance. But when you have rough as bad and as penalizing as it actually is, like that definitely puts a bonus on hitting fairways. And usually guys who hit a lot of fairways don't necessarily have that distance. So it can all even out in the end. And that's when I kind of start just looking towards people who the, – the ball strikers and the scorers – and the guys who can play in pressure and at major championships um which again kind of brings you back to xander who is known for it uh always affects his ownership um and then yeah morikawa clearly based off the recent past doesn't really matter what tournament he's in
0: yes sir all right then uh You get a quick dip into the nines. Bryson DeChambeau, Webb Simpson, Patrick Cantlay, Daniel Berger, Tony Finau, Hideki Matsuyama. These are the the 1As, the the guys that still have a shot to win this thing. Um, It'll take a little bit of a a hot week, which is the case with any golfer to win a U.S. Open. But, um, you know, I'm probably skipping past Bryson. Webb is a little bit interesting. I like him more from a value perspective than a guy that's going to go out and win it. Just, you know, you'd expect him on this kind of a a course where you just got to stay in the fairway, uh, hit good irons, and and putt. Um, You know, you'd you'd think he's going to be a guy that can top 20 for you. Um, Yeah, you know, I was
1: actually just thinking the same thing. I have, uh, it's kind of like a, it's not so much season long, it's kind of like one of those office pool type things, it's, it was very strange this year, because it was like five mm-hmm. tournaments that you wouldn't have expected it to be, yeah. um, so it's the US Open, and then we'll end with the Masters now, in November, but I was just thinking, uh, it's one of the ones that you check golfers off, you can't, you can't use them twice, so some of the guys up top I'm missing, but I was kind of thinking Webb Simpson would be, The perfect uh, mix of value and ownership leverage, just because people are not looking straight at Webb Simpson this week by any means. He's always kind of in the shadows and a little boring, And um, but you look at what he's done lately, you look at his ability to hit fairways to keep it in play, to avoid bogeys. And I love all of that. So if it's not going to be like a huge birdie week where we're just racking up DraftKings points or whatever it may be, I think count him in for a top 20, top
0: 15. And, uh, and
1: that's kind of like your floor with him a lot of the time. Right.
0: Yeah. Aside from the rare miss cut, he plays really good golf most of the time. Um, uh, you know, I don't know what to do with Cantley. I'm, I'm a little bit interested there. It seems like it sets up for him. And burger right below him. You know, I've been riding Burger's heater all season. I feel like I have to have to build some burger lineup.
1: Yeah, you know, the U.S. Open seems like so Berger-esque, too. I don't know. I just picture him on that President's Cup team. I always say that. It's just, uh, he's like Captain America number two. I know we haven't gotten to Captain America yet, but... We will <laughs> um he is definitely uh Cantley is I feel the same way, I feel the same way as you do these days about Cantley. It's always a uh, it's always tough it's always uh something I sit there and think about. I have been avoiding him quite a bit this year, and it hasn't exactly hurt me um in this field, I think as you keep going down, you'll kind of find more and more reason. To fade, can't lay Here, um, but yeah, I do like Berger, and then that leads me to Fino, who again makes a lot of sense here, and I love the price on him. I think my two favorites in this range are actually Webb and Fino.
0: Yeah, Fino is definitely a guy that has the ability. I just feel like his ownership always outweighs where I think he's gonna end up, but he's gonna break through one of these days.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to real quick just look at because we know he doesn't get the first point first place bonus uh on DraftKings ever. So
0: <laughs>
1: in terms of DraftKings points, he's still well, over over his last 36 rounds, top ten in this field. Um right. so he still gets the points with basically birdies and avoiding bogeys. He's just like He's yeah. not. You said it well. He, he needs to win to really, to really make it worth it. But in 9100, I I take a top five any day.
0: Yeah, I mean, outside of the, the the first tier, he's one of the few guys that could break the course with just huge drives and perfect play. Um, you know there, Yeah, when he
1: when his short game gets hot, it yeah gets real hot, and
0: he just there aren't many guys hot. below him that could do that. Yeah, let's dive right to the eights and and kick it off with Patrick Reed because this is his kind of course.
1: Yeah, I mean, Patrick Reed, I I've always said this the, the grinding style of golf is, I mean, it's what you want. It's where you picture him doing well. Um, he might not hit every single fairway, but he'll find his way out. He is a scrambler and he makes things work. I think I could just easily see him being right in the mix all weekend. Um it's always hard to predict where he's going to come out. Um I just like him. I like him at these type of courses. It's uh there's never ever there's never one single thing you can point out about Patrick Reed's game, but he has the ability to keep himself in it no matter kind of
0: like what the circumstances are. You got to mention Tiger here. Um, You know, it it hasn't been the season uh, he would have hoped for, or any of his backers would have hoped for, but I mean, making the cut out of this tier can't be underrated. And he's kind of been okay at that. You know, he's, he's making the cut and being pedestrian, but like, you don't need him to be vintage Tiger Woods. You need him to make the cut so you can go six for six and, and win all the money.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And he is, uh, he's a cut maker. That is, that is for sure. And, uh, you know, you've probably already seen him all over social media this week. He looks good. He, he doesn't look like he's in any sort of pain. I think Mm -hmm. it will be interesting to see like weather wise, it should not be, very warm there. I kind of like love this this difficult golf. It's like just starting to feel like fall in New York, which yeah. early in the morning feels like winter to me right now. Um, and how his back is gonna react and really all of that. he hasn't done anything fantastic in the recent past, but it's Tiger Woods we're talking here and he's eighty six hundred. I don't think there's gonna be very much ownership on him could definitely
0: be a nice leverage play. Yeah. Uh, One thing to note in this tier, Scotty Scheffler is out, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. That may be something to keep an eye on. I don't know what the PGA protocols are, but we've seen so many false positives in other sports. Like, I don't know if there's a chance that he, all of a sudden, uh, like Wednesday night uh, is like, oh, by the way, I'm playing. I got, I got cleared. I'm, I'm back in. Or if they just say, you know, you're out, you're out. That's that.
1: Yeah. Um, that is, that is, I, they is, they've changed it a couple of times. Everything is, everything is changing like that. So, um, but yeah,
0: he is definitely out this week. And Terrell Hatton, 8100. Gonna be a little bit popular, I think, but I'm um, playing really solid golf all year, leading into this, and and nice price at 8100.
1: Yeah, I think you got a, a kind of a group of three guys there of Terrell, Victor Holvin, and Matt Matthew Fitzpatrick, who all have kind of positives and negatives, and they're all priced there. Hopefully, they'll take some ownership off of each other, but all guys you can picture doing well on a difficult course. Halvin has been so up and down, but he gets a lot of birdies. Um, kind of scares me at a di- more difficult course. Yeah. Hatton and Fitzpatrick, I think, both are very much in play, though.
0: Fitzpatrick boned me uh, those two missed cuts lately, so I'm going to just walk away, and if he beats me, he beats me.
1: Yeah, that's when you're supposed to play him.
0: <laughs> All right, you play him. You win the money. <laughs> uh, you know, send me a kick. I'm going to put a Ricky Fowler bet in. I I don't know that I got the stones to put a, a lineup in with Ricky, but I'm putting a bet on Ricky to win. Like, just Ricky winning the U.S. Open, the delayed U.S. Open during 2020 is, like, that just seems meant to happen for some reason to me. So I'm going to put a put a little money on it. Yeah, and,
1: like, on top of that, he's just completely disrespected across the board now, yeah. so...
0: And like, um, if if things aren't going awful for him, he his game is great at this course. He does everything well. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's kind of like the Patrick Reed theory of like you can't really point to any one thing, but that's what I've always said about Ricky is like he he's kind of good at every level, and it's like Justin Thomas has become like the the true example of that. Like he hits bombs that are straight and hits great irons ricky's been all over the place with his swing with his putting with his grips it's kind of just everything but yeah
0: he's been torn you, know, you figure it out a
1: little and yeah. it, it's figure it out for four days straight and right. he is like the epitome of the golfer
0: you want at this course all right jump into the sevens paul casey 7900 pretty good bet to make the cut here this is his kind of course his kind of golf uh yeah, not really going to give you much win equity, but hey, uh, again, you know we're we're seventy nine hundred. I'm I'm just trying to get a guy to make the cut. Yep, he stats out
1: great in terms of pretty much value here. I mean, I have him basically across the top and everything, but DraftKings point scoring, um, which is basically normally a result of. Not enough birdies, which, like we said, is not going to necessarily kill you. I almost want to focus more on avoiding bogeys than gaining birdies this week. Um, Yeah, it's going to be avoiding doubles and bogeys and big numbers and just kind of playing boring golf is going to be a very good thing
0: this week. And that's something Paul Casey can do most weeks. You get defending champion Gary Woodland right there as well, 7,800. Uh, it's been a great season for Gary. Um,
1: yeah, I've been staying away from him most of the year. He's always tempting, though, especially when his price gets down here.
0: Yeah. Abraham Answer, Matthew Wolf, 7,800, 7,700. With young guys that, that can hit the ball good waves, a- any interest in them? Matt
1: M- Matthew Wolf is who I would choose out of the two. Um, I know he doesn't have much major experience, but he he could compete in any field. I honestly feel he he's kind of a, like very borderline for me, but again, someone I can actually look past pretty comfortably. Just given right. who who we're going to be talking about in a second, there there are more names down here, but. I've had trouble over the last like four weeks counting him out because I just felt like every time that I knowingly and purposefully faded him, he was just right in there. And I was like, it was, al- it was always him and Morikawa who I felt like I just couldn't, uh, I was choosing the wrong one in the wrong week. Um, right. So you, you can't cut him out, but it, a major championship, I, I'm, I'm okay with looking past him on draft games.
0: So who else do you have here in the sevens you like?
1: Kisner. Kisner is just another guy who hits fairways. He hits a low draw. He can work with some weather. He can play in colder conditions. He can hit fairways and keep it out of that long rough. Distance is going to be an issue for him for sure. But it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. If he's going to be able to keep it in fairways and he's, able to hit his longer irons well, it's going to work for him because he has a great short game. He's almost always gaining strokes putting. So I like that here. And the greens look very difficult and very fast, which I think favors him quite a bit. Um, So I definitely like him this week. And then there's another group of interesting plays just below him at Spieth. Who I will not be playing. Sergio has shown us flashes this year. Sergio M and then Neiman, I have kind of a, a reignited flame for. I can't help it. I can't stay away from him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Neiman, you know, is a guy that could get it done down here in this range and definitely provide value. M I want to know what M's ownership is going to be like uh, as the week un, unfolds. Obviously, I'm a huge M guy. Um and we saw some good stuff out of him lately. I just if he's going to be owned, I feel like you got to kind of pick your spots down here because it'll it'll get pretty concentrated.
1: Yeah, and what scares me about him is he's capable of like putting up some horrendous rounds. Yeah, I feel like when he plays bad, he's playing bad, which is yeah. which is interesting because he's like so able to to make cuts for whatever it was like a year straight. But when he plays bad,
0: he's playing bad. Um, yeah, I like him where you can make birdies a little better. Uh, any interest in Brendan Todd seventy four hundred? We've seen him uh, definitely outperform his price at some pretty difficult courses.
1: Yeah, I was uh, just actually searching his name in this memorial field right here. Um memorial played pretty difficult as we know. He finished um T twenty two shooting three over, which, you know, against the field that was there was a major major championship like field. Um he's been playing he's had like a just a ridiculous year. Um his distance isn't huge but It's a great price for someone who is playing as well as he, who as well as he has all year, basically.
0: All right. Any love for uh, old guys, Ian Poulter or Phil Mickelson?
1: Definitely looking at Poulter this week. I feel like I always say it. I always say it on basically this type of week: U.S. Open, British Open, whatever it may be, but. Anything we know is going to play difficult, I I just like playing him. He is a ball striker. His irons are pure. He can keep. He can hit greens if he doesn't do anything stupid like throw up an 8 because he had a bad line and chunked it further into the ground and then tried again and then had it taken unplayable. Something crazy like that, which tends to happen to him every now and then. I think he's a good play this week. Seventy three hundred is awesome.
0: Yeah, if you're going to play those guys at the top, you got to uh, you got to get them in down here. Anybody else in the sevens before we hit the uh, the the true punts? I wish I had more information
1: here, but Henrik Stenson. What is the deal? Why I feel like we keep seeing him so low. You know, I think it's got to be injuries. Points.
0: I I think his body is probably just giving up on him at this point. I
1: always I I like see him on social media and I don't ha- I don't have enough information in front of me right now. I know he hasn't done anything in the very recent past, but I mean, historically, has done good at this kind of tournament. He's done well in the U.S. Open. His past two U.S. Opens have been T9 and T6. I mean, maybe look a little into that. Find me on Twitter. I'll I'll, I'll definitely be doing that because i know he's there and i know he he appears healthy. Um 7200 for a guy that we know can
0: do so well here is interesting. Yeah. All right, getting down to the to the punts, the first one we got to mention, Benion, uh, you know, 6800 had a, had a great US Open last year, T16, um has has flashed in spots. Uh, but you know, you never know the Benny on you're going to get. And somebody, somebody tweeted at him this week, uh, you know, betting Benny on to, you know, win in top ten. And he goes, well, I shot a eight on the, on the back nine, so you, you might want to think about that again. <laughs> like, he's got, he's got a great Twitter game, and good sense of humor. But, yeah, that, like that can totally happen with him. It can just all go sideways.
1: Yeah, you know, it makes me wonder what's going to happen to his ownership based on that tweet alone. Yeah. It is funny. He is great on Twitter, though. It's a very enjoyable follow. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, maybe maybe he's lying and you should play him.
0: Yeah, that, that is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Uh, you know, the always solid Charles Howell III down here at 6,700. I mean, you know, again, we're just looking for people to make the cut to get you sixes for sixes. And uh, he's a guy that has a, a pretty good shot in this kind of a field, this kind of a week.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's an interesting play. Um, a couple more down here. I Matt Wallace is 7,100. Um, mm-hmm. Someone who I see doing well at majors and a little more difficult courses. Danny Willett, I, you know, I, I want to play him every single time. At Again, it's like the European thing, the difficult course thing. He's done well here. Couple other Europeans, you got uh, Eric Van Ruyen, Um, he's interesting to me. Um, Shaz Reevey, Mackenzie Hughes, two at 6,900, both coming into form. uh, Not necessarily guys you would that would come to mind at first when thinking about the US Open and what we're going to see this week, but. Both are playing very well, and sometimes you just got to lean towards recent form when you're looking for these uh, lower-down punt plays. So I like both
0: of them. Yep. Uh, and then uh, who was I just going to mention? Jason Kokrak. <laughs> no, I don't, have, I don't have the stones to, to play Kokrak. Corey Connors. Corey Connors was who was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, two straight weeks um, in tough fields and tough courses making the cut. Uh, ball striking is his thing, but the putter can really uh, get wonky on you, so be careful there. It's definitely
1: possible the putter gets wonky on a lot of guys this week. So Yeah, some, um, some,
0: some steep greens it sounds like.
1: Yeah, so that, that could actually work to his favor. His average to bad putting could... <laughs>
0: could Everybody be the same as everyone else this week.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Jason Kokrak, I swear this is like uh probably my favorite value play at this moment in time. He's statting out very well across the board. He can hit the ball real far. He can perform very well. One of the things I'm looking at right now is um strokes gained on courses where scoring is difficult basically and he is right up there among the best so that um definitely stood out to me especially at 6800
0: all right that's a wrap that's what we got this week guys uh good luck uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a big sweat there's gonna be a lot of uh big numbers happening so uh, just enjoy that that last pure golf sweat for a while i mean there will be pga events happening but you won't hear from us probably until the masters which is in the beginning of november so um we'll see maybe something here or there if we we put it together but uh i yeah, hope you had a good season you've enjoyed listening to us Ren, thanks my man uh, as always your your actual insight is very much appreciated
1: it's my pleasure and i'm definitely looking forward to nfl and a november
0: masters going to be fun same thing this weekend you know good weather watching some golf some football just trying to get as many screens going at once as you can yep all right good luck and may the sports be with you